For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Feast of of Shavuot. Yeshua gives the Torah at Mount Sinai. This is part one of the series. We are currently doing a study on the biblical festivals and we are on the Feast of Shavuot or the Feast of Pentecost. In this session we are going to learn that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. This is going to be the primary lesson which we're going to learn from this study. In order to understand how Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, we need to understand that Israel and the Messiah and the Torah are all one. You cannot separate the Messiah from Israel, the Messiah from Torah, Torah from Israel, or any of these things. They're all connected and interrelated to each other. What we have done in traditional Christianity is we have separated the Messiah from being associated and connected intimately with the nation of Israel, and we have disconnected the Messiah from the Torah. In realizing that the Messiah, Torah, and the nation of Israel are all one, we need to realize that in Exodus chapter 19 verse 3, that this oneness relationship is associated with the literal house of Jacob. And then in Luke chapter 1 verse 33, this relationship is associated and connected with the redeemed house of Jacob. Therefore, Messiah originally gave the Torah to the literal house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. He renewed the covenant with the redeemed house of Jacob in addition to those from the literal house of Jacob who broke the covenant and then accept their forgiveness of their sins through Messiah, they can be a part of not only the literal house of Jacob, but in accepting Yeshua as the Messiah, they also become members of the redeemed house of Jacob. The redeemed house of Jacob and the renewed covenant is also a Torah-based covenant. It's 
puts the Torah written upon our hearts. So whether we're talking about the literal house of Jacob or the redeemed house of Jacob, Messiah, Torah, and the house of Jacob are all one with each other. In order to understand this better, how Israel, the Torah, and the Messiah are all associated and connected with each other and that they are all one, we are going to see this by looking at and doing a detailed Hebraic study on the first word of the Bible, which is Breshit. And in doing so, we're going to understand the purpose of creation. With the first word of the Bible, and Hebrew is Breshit, if you would look at it in a Torah scroll, the first letter of the word Breshit is a bet. And the bet is enlarged in a Torah scroll. The first question that gets asked is, why is it that this bet is enlarged in the word Breshit? Well, bet in Hebrew means a house. Bet or bait means a house. The reason why the God of Israel created the heavens and the earth is because he wanted a house in the earth or he wanted a dwelling place among mortals. If we look at the first two letters of Breshit, it spells bar. Bar means son. If we take the first two letters of Breshit and the last two letters of Breshit, the first two letters is the bet and the resh. The last two letters are yod and tav. And put these four letters together, we come up with the Hebrew word brit, which means covenant. Next, if we separate the bet from the rest of the first word in the Bible, Breshit, we have the word Reshit. And Reshit in Hebrew means first or the beginning. If we separate, once again, bet from Reshit and look at this construct in Hebrew, we could render bait plus Reshit. We could render it to mean or interpreted to say for the beginning or as it would make sense to say in English for the sake of the beginning. And in Genesis Midrash Rabbah 1.4 and also Rashi's commentary, he makes this point that actually by doing this, what is being communicated here is that the God of Israel is creating the heavens and the earth for the sake of the beginning. In looking at the Torah, in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, then Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, verse 13, and verse 18, the Torah is called wisdom. Let's see how this is so. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom, wisdom and apply your heart to understanding receive my words hide my commandments incline your ear to wisdom so wisdom is referred to as the words of the God of Israel his commandments and incline your ear what do you do when you incline your ear you shema you hear you obey you do proverbs chapter
chapter 3, verse 1, My son, forget not my Torah, but let your heart keep my commandment. The subject is the Torah or the commandments of the God of Israel. And what does it say about the Torah, the commandments? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, Happy is the man that finds wisdom, that is Torah, in keeping the commandments, and the man that gets understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, She, what is wisdom? She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retains her. Well, the Torah is wisdom. So the Torah is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life. The Torah ends in A-H, which is feminine in Hebrew. And the word for wisdom in Hebrew is Hakmah, which ends in A-H, which is also feminine. Both Torah and wisdom in Hebrew is a feminine word. So she is a tree of life. We are told in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, that wisdom created the world. If the Torah is wisdom, then the Torah created the world. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, it says, The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. By understanding, has he established the heavens. What we're doing now is we're seeing how Yeshua, the Torah, and Israel are all one. We just looked at and saw from Proverbs how the Torah is called wisdom. Now we're going to see how Yeshua is called wisdom. If the Torah is wisdom and if Yeshua is wisdom, then they are one. You cannot separate them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Messiah, the power of God, and and the wisdom of God. Messiah, the wisdom of God. So Messiah is the word of God. Messiah is the living Torah. Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and and for him. In Psalm chapter 33, verse 6, we are told that the heavens and earth were created by the word of the God of Israel, by the word of Yahweh. In Psalm 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breadth of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. It is the heavenly Father who willed the creation, but the one who spoke the creation into existence by doing the will of the Father is Yeshua the Messiah. And he spoke by or using the wisdom of the God of Israel which is a reference to the Torah. The rabbis actually teach that the way the heavens and the earth were created is that Yahweh looked into the Torah and created the world. Therefore, Torah or wisdom who is Yeshua created the world. They are all synonymous with each other. The Torah existed before the creation of the world. Why? Yeshua is the living Torah. He has been from everlasting. Since Yahweh has always existed, His Word has always existed, which means His Torah has always existed. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 and 23. The Lord possessed me, this is wisdom 
speaking, or the Torah here in Proverbs is personified as wisdom. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old, which is a reference to the creation of the heavens and the earth. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning or ever the earth was. Wisdom was set up from everlasting, or this is the Torah being personified as wisdom. So Torah was set up, or Torah existed from the beginning, or from the time of the creation of the heavens and the earth. Israel is called the beginning. Looking at Brashit, separating the Bet from the Resh means for the sake of the beginning. So why was the world created? It was created for the sake of the beginning. Who is called the beginning? We're going to see here that the Messiah is called the beginning. The Torah is called the beginning. Israel is called the beginning. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 3. Israel was holiness under the Lord and the first fruits of his increase. The word first fruits is the Strong's number 7225. It's the Hebrew word reshit. So Israel is reshit. Israel is the first or the beginning or the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, says the Lord. Israel is called the beginning. Now we're going to see how the Torah is called the reshit or the beginning. Once again in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 22 and 23, the Lord possessed me that is wisdom and here the Torah is personified as wisdom the Lord possessed me wisdom in the beginning that is the word reshit so wisdom is called the beginning or Torah is called the beginning of his way before his works of old that is a reference to the creation of the heavens and the earth I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was Yeshua is called the reshit or the beginning and by understanding what the Hebrew says or the teaching of the Hebrew of Genesis 1-1 specifically the word Breshit this is what John is referring to when he begins his book of the scripture in John 1-1 when he says in the beginning and I can read that Hebraically Breshit or Reshit Reshit was the word Reshit the beginning is the word and this word which is the beginning was with God and this word the beginning was God. It is Yeshua the Messiah. The same was in the beginning with God. Yeshua is one with his heavenly Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 23. But every man in his own order, Messiah the firstfruits, afterward they that are Messiahs at his coming. Once again now, why did the God of Israel create the heavens and the earth? He did it for the sake of the beginning. And who is called the beginning? It is Israel, Torah, and the Messiah. Putting the way we can construct the word Breshit and putting these thoughts together, the reason why the God of Israel created the heavens and the earth is he wanted to have a dwelling place in the earth or he wanted to build a house for his son. When is going to be the fullness of this completed house for his son that his son is going to be dwelling in the earth? We call it the Messianic era. And what happens during the Messianic era in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 the Torah will be taught by Yeshua the Messiah from Jerusalem. He's dwelling in the earth. His son is dwelling in the earth teaching the Torah. The purpose
purpose of creation. The God of Israel wanted to build a house for his son, and he was going to do this by making a covenant for or with the beginning. Once again, because the covenant is, was made for or with the beginning, the Messiah is going to make a covenant with the nation of Israel, and this covenant is going to be made with or on the behalf of the Torah. And so the God of Israel begins to do this, to make this covenant with the nation of Israel, and the covenant is being made with the giving of the Torah to the nation of Israel for their possession when he first calls Abraham and he tells Abraham that the covenant that's being made with you is going to be made with your seed. It is on behalf of this promise that the nation of Israel comes to Mount Sinai where this event takes place. And at Mount Sinai, that which is called the beginning, Israel, Torah, and the Messiah, are going to enter into covenant and be in covenant relationship with each other. Therefore, from these things, we can see that Israel, the Torah, and the Messiah are all one with each other. The Torah is the will of Yahweh. In Psalm chapter 40, verse 8, it says, I delight to do your will. You know, often in traditional Christianity, we wonder, how do we do the will of the God of Israel? How do I know when I'm living my life that I'm doing His will? Because we want to do His will. Well, you do His will when you obey His commandments or follow the Torah. Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God, yea, your Torah is within my heart. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Yeshua was asked, how do we pray? And he responds and says, after this manner pray, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. What is his kingdom? That his kingdom is his rule and his reign in the earth. And this is referring to the messianic era. It is a prayer for the messianic era. Because what happens in the messianic era when your kingdom comes? Your will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Because it's during the messianic era when the kingdom is here that Messiah will be teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem and his will is going to be done in the earth. This is the purpose of creation. The Torah and Messiah who are one which existed before the creation of the world. The God of Israel looked into the Torah created the world. It was done by the word of Yahweh who is the Messiah and the world was created so that the will of the God of Israel could be manifested in the earth. So this will is given to his chosen people, the nation of Israel, at Mount Sinai, and it's done so by the Messiah. Let's look at another aspect and understanding how we can see that Messiah is not only in covenant relationship with the literal house of Jacob, but he's in covenant relationship with the redeemed house of Jacob as well. How was Messiah in covenant relationship with the literal house of Jacob? Because he gave the Torah to the literal house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. The literal house of Jacob is likened unto an olive tree. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, it is written, The Lord called your name a green olive tree. Now look who's called a olive tree. Fair and of goodly fruit with the noise of a great tumult. He has kindled fire upon it and the branches of it are broken. The branches 
branches of an olive tree are broken. Who's this olive tree? Jeremiah 11 verse 17. For the Lord of hosts that planted you has pronounced evil against you for the evil of the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So the house of Israel and the house of Judah, the two houses of Israel, are called an olive tree. And we're told that these two houses who are an olive tree, their branches are broken. How are these broken branches going to get mended? It is through the redemptive work of the Messiah. And that's what Paul explains, how the broken branches of two houses of Israel, how they get repaired, redeemed, restored in Romans in chapters 9, 10, and 11. Paul explains this. And looking at the olive tree from Jeremiah 11, verses 16 and 17, we now see that the literal house of Jacob, which consists of the literal house of Israel and the literal house of Judah, they are likened unto an olive tree. This natural olive tree, or the literal house of Jacob, are the people who are at Mount Sinai that the Messiah makes covenant with and gives the Torah unto. Exodus chapter 19 verse 3, Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Who was there at Mount Sinai? Well, it's traditionally in our religious minds that the ones who were there at Mount Sinai were in what we call in our religious minds the Jewish people. And what we need to understand is who was there are the literal descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from which the Jewish people come. And also we are told in Exodus chapter 12 verses 37 and 38 that a mixed multitude came out of Egypt with the literal and physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus chapter 12 verse 37. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ram to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them in flocks and herds and very much cattle. So who's the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai? They consist of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the mixed multitude. Well, how do these mixed multitude who are not physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how is this mixed multitude also called the house of Jacob? That is because they were the whosoevers that the God of Israel invites to be a part of his covenant when he offers redemption to his people. He at the same time when he offers redemption to his people, he makes it available to everyone on the earth who are classified as whosoevers. So the mixed multitude are strangers, sojourners. They were adopted or they were grafted in. Now we need to also realize that the name of the redeemed covenant family in Messiah is also the house of Jacob, but in Messiah all those who accept him as Messiah they are his redeemed family. And who are those people on the earth who accept Yeshua as the Messiah? Jew and non-Jew. Here the name of his family is called the house of Jacob, or we need to understand it as the redeemed house of Jacob. Luke chapter 1 verses 32 and 33 He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the 
throne of his father David, and he, that is the Messiah, shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. This is the redeemed house of Jacob, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The redeemed house of Jacob in Romans 11 is likewise likened unto an olive tree. And in Romans chapter 11, this olive tree, and the olive tree is called Israel. Israel is called the olive tree. They consist of wild branches and natural branches that are broken. Who are these natural branches that are broken? We saw earlier in Jeremiah 11 verses 16 and 17, it's the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In looking at Romans chapter 11, we see that both the wild branches and the natural branches, we're told that when they accept Yeshua as the Messiah, we're told that both of them are grafted in. And the name for this grafting process, the word that is in English that refers to a grafting of a stock, it is spelled in English S-E-I-O-N, a seon, is the word in English that means a grafted stock. We could also render this and we could also pronounce it as Zion. Zion. The Zion that the God of Israel is redeeming, they are a grafted people that consist of wild branches and natural branches. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the Feast of Shavuot. Yeshua gives the Torah at Mount Sinai. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.